Hi, I'm Kaylee. And I'm Ariana. And we are two 20-something Midwest friends who have a lot to say. This podcast, Unproblematic, talks about life, college, travel, feminism, social justice, relationships, and of course, literature and writing. Come join us on our podcasting journey. In this installment of Unproblematic, Ariana and Kaylee discuss their traveling experiences on domestic and international levels, along with suggestions, traveling tips, and our personal experiences. So before we dive into that, um, we're going to go through our typical current reads, watches, and story times. Actually, just current reads and watches. We're in quarantine, so we don't have... (laughs) Nothing happens to us right now. (laughs) But um, I have been reading a lot of books, so that section's a little bit longer. I'm currently reading Desperate Characters by Paula Fox which is a book that is sort of about gentrification in the 1960s. It's specifically about a couple and their personal relationship in light of gentrification. But it's it's really good so far. I love it. I can't put it down. I only put it down because we had to do this podcast. But I'm going to go back to that tonight. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I read The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros, which is a really, really good collection of sort of like vignettes. Uh, vignettes am I pronouncing that right I think so um but anyway it's really good Uh, it's about growing up in Chicago uh in the 1960s 1970s and it's uh about specifically the lives of Mexican families and uh families growing up in poverty in Chicago so that was really interesting and then I also finished Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler which Ariana, of course, recommended, which she's talked about in previous podcast episodes. And she was right. It was amazing. It was a very good book recommendation. Um, And then I'm currently watching the Catch-22 series on Hulu, which is very good. I highly recommend it. Those all sound like really good reads. I really want to read The House on Mango Street. That's on my to-be-read list. Oh, really? Um, really, Yeah. It's... um, my grandma recommended it to me, oh, but I haven't I haven't read it yet. It's a PDF online, so if you don't have a book, I'll I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's free if you if you want to read that book, just type yeah the House on Mango Street PDF, and it's like the whole thing's online. It's really good. Oh, okay. I'll do that. But what I'm currently reading, I haven't been this past week. I haven't been doing a lot of reading. Like I barely read anything but because it was finals week and I just finished up my junior year of college yes I'm so happy and so I'm still reading throne of glass but like I just said I was reading that just because I read like three chapters but I haven't been reading much but I did start criminal minds (laughs) on Netflix (laughs) and it's really good um Mandy I know, like, my roommate recommended it because I love forensic files. Um, but this is fiction, so it's not as scary. But it's still kind of scary one- to watch it once it gets dark outside. But when I'm not feeling like watching something like that, I'm watching New Girl. And I had watched that a couple years ago, but I had stopped watching it. And I picked it up again, and I'm on the fourth season. And it is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those shows that makes you feel good and just gives you a good laugh and I needed that during finals week so I watched a couple episodes of that but that's what I've been reading and writing 
Nice. And if you watch New Girl after Criminal Minds, it can sort of ease your mind before you go to bed so you can get scared and then have something to calm you down afterwards. Well, yes, that's exactly what would happen. I'd watch like two <laughs> episodes of Criminal Minds and I'm like, huh, I don't really want to go to bed. So I'd watch an episode of um, New Girl. And it's not even that like Criminal Minds is like that scary. It's just that like some of the episodes I'm like, wow, like you're really crazy. <laughs> and but it's so good. Like you just have to click like what happens in the next episode. And I, I kind of like the quotes that um, I want to say, oh, Agent Gideon says in between like sections of the episodes. I know, Kaylee, you said you only watched like two episodes of it, but did you pick that up? No, I didn't. It was like in passing, like it was in a group of people and I was kind of like walking in and out. Oh, uh, no, you like you should watch an episode, like fully watch an episode, because I think I thought of you when they did this section in the episode. Um, but um, the main character narrates quotes and they're like from authors and sometimes like really powerful people and they're really good. And I recommend that show. Interesting. So, I'll have yeah. to watch that. I haven't seen that show. Like I know very little about it, but I feel like. I have only because I've heard the theme song so many times because my roommate, Danielle, um, the last year I was in college, watched it and she watched it incessantly. Like she watched all the seasons in a row over the course of like a month and a half. And so I heard that theme song over and over again. Like it was literally when I when I tried to go to sleep, like it wouldn't stop playing in my head. Like I I had it so ingrained in my mind because she watched that show so many times. And the theme song was always like coming through our mutual wall. But it's a good theme song. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard good things. Like I, I know a lot of people like it. Um yeah, cool. So sounds like you're watching and reading some quality stuff for sure. You too. So you too. <laughs> um we're gonna talk about our American travels first because it's a lot shorter. Ironically, we haven't traveled our own country as much as we've traveled outside of it. So <laughs> <laughs> we we're gonna talk about like our favorite mountain state our favorite ocean state, and then if we could live in any city state that we've been to, and then if we could visit any state that we haven't been to yet. And we were going to say our most hated slash most boring state, but that does not fit in with our theme of unproblematic, so we're not going to do that. We're just going to talk about the good things in the United States for this episode. Um, so what's your favorite mountain state, Ariana? Um, my, I haven't been to many of the mountain states, but I would have to say Tennessee, and I've been to um, Nashville, Knoxville, and Maryville, but I had most recently been to Maryville for like the AB trip that we went on in um, December. And we got to go hiking and we actually stayed in cabins um, in like used outhouses and things like that and walked on trails. So that was very mountainous. <laughs> More so than hanging out in the city, uh, like Nashville or Knoxville. But I I enjoyed that break a lot. Nice. What about yours? What about yours? Um, so I picked one for East Coast and one for West Coast. My favorite East Coast mountain state is North Carolina, specifically Asheville. It's just beautiful. And they have, like, really good southern food, too. Like, I had, like, catfish and fried okra and collard greens. That sounds so good. It was amazing. I want it so bad, like, right now. <laughs> but it was, oh, my word, it was so good. And then on the West Coast, it's Oregon. Oregon mountains. Like, West Coast mountains are a different breed. Like, they're just, they're huge. And, I mean, 
it's it's all mountains in the west like there's just it's it's amazing it's so beautiful so yeah north carolina and oregon i'll take your word for it because i have not been out on the east like i'm in the west coast that much like i've just like i was in california for like a hot second only because i was catching a flight but not i've not explored anything and i would love to go to oregon or even washington we should let's go yeah yeah they're once this is all over I want to go through California, too, especially, like, Northern California, like, San Fran and Berkeley and all of that. The Redwood Forest. But, yeah. I hear it's beautiful. Okay, so <sighs> favorite ocean state? My Okay, so this is actually kind of funny. So, for the favorite ocean state, I was literally about to say Maryland. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then I realized I had been to Hawaii before. <laughs> Like, why would I put Maryland? (laughs) Huh? And you're saying that Maryland's not better than Hawaii? (laughs) (laughs) No offense, but no, no, it's not. And I think Hawaii is one of the most beautiful states. And the water is just so clear. And everyone is so nice. Like, people are so much friendlier. And I enjoyed the food. And I had gone with my um, grandparents and we had, we spent a lot of time, we spent our time on the big island in Kona and we were just walking a lot around the beach and getting tan and we actually went in like a helicopter ride and got to go see the volcanoes and it was, it was really fun. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Kaylee? Um, so mine is probably Washington. Because we uh, kind of like went along the coast and we went to Seattle, me and my friend Hosanna this past June, and it was just so beautiful. Like Seattle is kind of like one of one of the coolest cities for so many reasons, but you have the mountains and the ocean and coffee, of course, and it's just, it's a really cool city. But like you can see like the ocean from the city. I I don't know how to describe it other than it's just mind-numbingly beautiful because there's like there's Mount Olympia, I think it is, that's like rising on the one side and then you have the ocean on the other side and it's just incredible. So I think that's probably my favorite. But I also haven't been to a lot of states that border the ocean. Like I really want to go out the East Coast like on Maine and um like the the other East Coast states that border the ocean too and I haven't really been there that often. But Washington is just gorgeous for sure. Yeah, that sounds really beautiful. Maybe we'll have to go on a road trip out there. Yes. That would take a couple of days. Yeah. You don't realize how many places you want to go until you can't. Until you're, until you're stuck there. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going anywhere right now. <laughs> but what would your, if you could live in any city or state, what would you pick? Like, where would you want to live? Um. So my choice would be Asheville, North Carolina, because the food is amazing and the mountains are beautiful and the cost of living isn't crazy and it's like like the hiking in that area is just incredible and it's a little hippie town in the mountains and and what's not to love what about you ariana um (laughs) i said this i said i would love to live in minneapolis minnesota and the funny thing is i've never even been there like i was there in the airport like i 
I've heard so many. I've never heard a negative thing about Minnesota. But my thing is, I would prefer to be in um, a bigger city. And I like the Midwest feel, but I would like a big city. But at the same time, I would like things. I like bigger cities because there's more things to do. And I like being by people. And I don't mind being, I don't mind the cold. Like I would not really want to live anywhere where it's like super, super hot all year round. I like when the seasons change. And there's a lot of lakes, and I really do like swimming. So I think that's why I would choose there. But, you know, I would actually probably have to go visit first before I can actually, like, say I want to yeah. live in. You go and you hate it. Will you try Asheville with me? I, be roommate? I would. But I would be <laughs> devastated if I hated Minneapolis. <laughs> I'm so, <laughs> I've said it so many times, like. I want to live there. I want to live there. I want to live there. It's like you're. I'm like I. Minneapolis. <laughs> or you're like if, <laughs> if I got there and I hate it, that would be devastating. <laughs> I guess I'll just have to go live with you in the cabins. I guess. Oh <laughs> uh, darn. <laughs> okay, so if you could visit any state you haven't been to, where would you visit besides Minneapolis? Um, Alaska. It's hands down. It's beautiful up there. My grandparents went and I saw so many pictures and it just seemed like a great time. They were outside a lot of the time and they just saw a lot of nature and I think that'd be cool. And it's far away from where we live. So that's also nice. Yeah, I'm sure it. I mean, I haven't been there, but I'm sure it feels like a radically different country, you know, because it's not even connected to the United States. And it's, I've, I've heard it, it does feel so different because like the daylight's different. There are days where you have like 24 hours of sun. There are days where you have 24 hours of no sun, you know, so just like. I, I wonder if that messes with your like internal clock. I feel like that would throw people off. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is, that's what I've heard. That's why it's super cheap to live there and why you can basically go to college for free is because it, it does mess with a lot of people. Like universities have a hard time keeping professors who come from outside Alaska because it like, it makes people want to commit suicide, not to get too dark, but like when your internal clock is messed up, it like, it really messes with people. So it takes a specific kind of person to live there year round. Because it's hard to live in, like, 24 hours of night. I can't even imagine that, like, walking through your life and it's just all darkness, you know? But Yeah, like, in Michigan, I can barely handle the time change when there's one hour. Imagine yeah. if it was, like, dark. No. Nope. Yeah. Or seasonal affective disorder. Like, people get more depressed during the winter time when it's darker, just, like, in general, or it gets darker earlier. Like, imagine having that for months at a time. And and that's why it messes with a lot of people. But maybe that's why a lot of people retire in Florida because it's the sunshine state. Yeah. Yeah. The weather really has like a serious effect on people's moods. I don't think everyone really realizes it. But yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Alaska still like it sounds like a great place to visit, you know, just because you couldn't live somewhere doesn't mean you don't want to visit. Want to visit. Yeah, exactly. I feel that exact same way. So going into our next segment, we wanted to talk about all things that you must have when traveling. And Kaylee, I think the I, I thought the first thing we wrote was a journal. And I thought of Kaylee because when we went on our study abroad, the first the first thing I noticed about her was in the early morning when we would have to go get breakfast, 
before she would come sit with us, like sit with our group, she would sit by herself in journal, which I thought was great. And I was like, oh, she's making time to like reflect on this trip and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, and I definitely agree. I, I have this, um, I have this journal. Shout out to you, Mr. Aldrich. I think he's <laughs> listening. And he gave me this uh, journal when we, he was my, one of my high school teachers and he gave my sister and I um, a traveling journal before we went on our first international trip. And I have used it ever since. Every time I leave the country, I bring this notebook with me and I cannot wait to fill it up. Hmm. Like, Kaylee, do you want to talk about your journaling experience? I know you have filled up plenty. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I think I I started journaling in part because, so I've always been a storyteller growing up, and I also tend to exaggerate my stories. And my younger siblings make fun of me because they always say I get details wrong. Like, like I chronically get details wrong, and I exaggerate the story to make it, it seem more provocative or, or whatever, or make it funnier. And so I think... One of the reasons that, <laughs> one of the reasons that I started journaling is because like like I think it like it warped my sense of detail where sometimes I really can't remember what happened because I've told it like I've exaggerated the story so many times <laughs> when I'm like narrating it later to my family that I really can't remember what like what actually happened. So that's that's why I started journaling initially is because that was sort of something that I didn't like about myself. And like, I, I didn't like how I kind of warped my memory to create these stories that were funnier, more like thrilling or whatever than what the reality was. So like, I, I just started journaling, just writing down the details of what happened. Like I would just say, we got up at this time, we went to this place and we did that. And I didn't even start writing about my thoughts and feelings. Like I see all these like, uh, journal prompts on Pinterest on what to write about and like your experience and what you're thinking and feeling. But I found that if I just go through and list the things that happen, like reflection comes really easily afterwards. If you go through and just run through everything that happened in your mind a second time or a third time, you can draw your conclusions based on things a lot better. And it like, it really helps myself watch myself think too. And think about okay what was I thinking and feeling when this happened why was I thinking and feeling that that way was it a result of something external or was it something that it was really true to what I was thinking I don't know I just I really like journaling for that reason I think it's helpful for a lot of people for that reason because it helps you take a step back and say like I'm not a victim of my own imagination (laughs) and what I wanted this experience (laughs) to be I can remember it more closely to as it was and and get more Mm -hmm. control over reality that way so that's why I journal (laughs) and that's why I spend a lot of time on it too because like I I really want to remember as much as I can afterwards but Mm -hmm. what's your journal how do you start a journal entry so I was before recording this episode I was looking back at the entries from when I first uh went outside of the country and they're very detailed um, I would write like from what I did in the morning, like what I ate, what I drank. And I think at the same time, like, I think that reflection comes from when you get the time to like actually sit and think about what you did, because if you're like, Oh, I did this, I did that. But like, you're not actually sitting down to think about what you did. Like, you'll forget it eventually. Like you might say that you might 
like oh I'll remember this forever how could I forget it but like little things slip and if you write those little details down like it's fun to look back and and like one thing I did for like our study abroad I had markers in my bag and I did like I wrote about what we did but at the same time like I put little colored dots by the date and the colored dates meant um what I was feeling that day so I can go back and look at the chart to see like oh like I was feeling nervous like I was feeling anxious I was feeling really excited blah 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 whatever but also like you like a, a journal can be whatever you want it to be like I it's not just writing like I I'm looking through this and I've like drawn pictures of like the countries we've gone to and like put dots on what cities we've been to and like what countries surround it and like the flags and things like that so like you can do whatever you want like Kaylee, you were saying, like, you put photos in yours. And I think it just makes it a lot more interesting and keeps you, like, focused on doing it. Because, like, like, just writing, like, one or two sentences, I feel like, isn't as fun to look back on. But if you have, like, pictures and, like, details, it's more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons I was really glad I had a journal, especially on the Ghana trip, is because we were on the bus for such long <laughs> periods of time and not only could I take that time to journal but I was also um I made good friends with the pastor's wife who worked with us a lot her name was Vivian and she was really cool and she taught me how like a couple phrases in twee and so I wrote those down and I would kind of study and look over those and I I probably bugged her so much because I kept asking her like how to say all these different things no she enjoyed it she enjoyed it I was sitting near you and I could tell she really liked you, Kaylee. She was really cool. Like, I I wish we could go back and see her again. We still talk sometimes on Facebook. But, uh-huh. yeah. So- I think another... Hmm? That was really fun. <laughs> I think, like, another way that I did this for my AB trip is I journaled on my cell phone. So, like, the notes app, like, if you're not really into, like, physically writing, you could just type it on your phone. And there's... um. You can add in photos, you can add in like drawings into your notes app on your on like your iPhone. And that was also very fun because you got to like describe what you did and then add in a photo without like having to print something off. Oh, yeah. So maybe like a digital one is also and like if you want it to be like private or whatever, you can lock your notes if that's what you fear. But that one was also a great alternative because like sometimes like with like hiking and going out places you really don't want to bring your journal because like what if you lose it that'd be devastating right so (laughs) if you have your phone on you that's something you always have it's Um, lighter to carry too you know if you're just walking mm -hmm. you know not like a purse or a backpack or anything Mm -hmm. so that's another alternative that I just thought of that because I uh that one was fun to look back on too and you can share like if you feel like it you can share it and have multiple people like edit and write their thoughts down too so that might be also another fun alternative but it's just really fun to look back and get whatever you're thinking off your chest yeah yeah and looking back like I'm really glad I wrote as much as I did not only am I gonna trip but um, in my other trips that I've taken because now I'm transposing my journals onto a document and I'm writing some essays based off of it and I'm going to try to write a couple different travel logs based off of it and like the gaps where I didn't write as much it's so obvious and I wish I had taken time to write about those places because like your memory just is not as good 
like there have been so many studies about it about the deterioration of memory and there are so many times when I look through my journals I'm like oh I don't even remember that happening and it's kind of scary it like it feels like it feels like you had a past life that you had no idea about you know when you look through and remember details Mm -hmm. that just totally slipped your mind and that's why like it's kind of a scary aspect journaling because of that because you look back and you're like wow I'm a different person than who I was six months ago or seven months ago or whatever um and but it's like it's cool for that reason too it makes you feel like you have a little more control over yourself (laughs) yeah and like it's a lot of like suppressed memories like once it's kind of like deja vu when someone brings up something you're like I don't remember that but then like it slowly it's slow like you slowly start to remember what happened you're like oh my gosh like how did I forget that and then yeah like it sparks something yeah (laughs) (laughs) like Bria posted on my um Facebook the other day do you remember that lizard in our room and I was like lizard and then I remembered all of a sudden it came it came back when we were at um Akasambo Dam I think we we had this giant lizard in our room but I totally forgot about that (laughs) I never even journaled about it or anything and then she posted that on my wall and I was like oh yeah that did happen but it's just it's funny what sticks with different people too like what you remember from the trip versus what other people remember from the trip Mm -hmm. I think that's also like a funny part about traveling is because like everyone experiences the same situation differently yeah and like if you ask five different people what happened on that trip they're going to tell you five different things because everyone had a different experience which I think is also cool and it just shows how important journaling is but what is something else that you would bring if you had to go travel like what is something you always have to have um so I would uh, so what I brought for my last trip was a money belt slash fanny pack and um I really liked having that not just because like for safety reasons, but also it kept like what I was carrying light. So sometimes there were trips where I could just leave like my backpack at the hostel. And then I just brought my passport, my wallet and Mm -hmm. with me. And I didn't really have anything valuable other than that. Like my laptop costs $150 and everything I write is backed up on Google Docs. So it's kind of like, okay, if you want to steal that, go for it. (laughs) Let my (laughs) Ginsburg sticker make a difference for some thief somewhere. I don't care. But, like, everything else important I just had on my person. So that was really nice to have that, like, tiny purse where I basically didn't have anything in my hands and I could just kind of walk freely. And then also it's helpful if you're in a city like Paris where there's a lot of thieves, there's a lot of, like, pickpocketing that goes on. You can wear it underneath your sweater or whatever just to make sure that nothing gets stolen. Yeah. I think that is also a great idea. I didn't carry a mon- like I didn't carry a fanny pack or a money bag but I carried like this little like it's called the Adam Sling and it's like a one strap little backpack that fits it's little but it fits a lot of stuff so it actually fit like a water bottle and like a journal and like sunglasses and stuff but it was easy to like slap it was like easy to wear in the front so you could slide it around your body. So like you said in Paris, I wore it on the front, but if I wanted to, I could wear it in the back and other, in other like cities. And it's easy. It's like easy to lock, but at the same time, it's easy to get into when you need to. Cause I feel like if it's, if you have like too complicated of bags, it's just like, it just makes it a lot more difficult yeah. to like get stuff. Yeah, that's fair. 
Okay, so we said a journal, a camera, a fanny pack. We didn't say a camera. We we skipped over. Oh, so a camera. So <laughs> so for me, um, Kaylee mentioned this earlier about how she loves stories, but I also I think you can share a story without saying anything or writing anything down, and I think that is through photos. Um, I appreciate writing so much, but at the same time, I really appreciate photography. And I think that is because um, my grandfather is a photographer and he taught me, he, so he has shown me so many stories through photographs, like to look at details and like what to look for. And it's not even like just taking pictures of like, oh, like the Eiffel Tower, like um, I'll, I'll take pictures of like things that I think are personally interesting or like little little things that will trigger memories for later on um but I try to take photos with like family members or um like artistic photos that I can like later get framed and stuff and um put in my own scrapbook yeah you're good (laughs) thank you (laughs) I like how you phrase this on the outline too a snapshot in time a free a free keepsake that's so poetic. It really is. And you don't even need to have like a, an expensive camera. You can literally use your cell phone, which everyone has. Like you can get those photos printed at the drugstore for literally like $2 if you find a coupon. It's really, really cheap. And like yeah. for me, I print them off and I'll put them on my wall. And I think it just, it just brings back like happiness and like, oh, like I did this. Remember I went with so-and-so and I just think it's a great time. It is. That's so cool. It reminds me of this thing that my um, uh, that a tour guide in Barcelona said. She said the best souvenirs are the stories. And my friend that I was with turned to me and said, "This sounds like the kind of crap you would say." Not <laughs> 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 wrong, because like I was literally like bewitched the minute she said it. I was like, "Oh, that's so good." And then she turned to me. She was like, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> and like she just like she had me spot on like she totally knew me (laughs) that sounds like you're like oh that's good that's good oh yes that hits (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my gosh that is so funny (laughs) um yes but also if you're just cheap and you don't want to buy buy souvenirs (laughs) like print off a photo and like hey i was thinking about you and write a little note on the back yeah somebody yeah and i think that's also thoughtful yeah thoughtfulness can be frugal you know like (laughs) sometimes the most frugal gift is the thoughtful (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah um so speaking of stories you should also bring a book to read uh because if you like reading, especially, you never know when you're going to have some free time, especially in the airport. We found that out the hard way when our flight was canceled. <laughs> we had a lot of free time. So I a whole, a whole 24 several hours. books just in case. You never know how many books you're going to go through or how much free time you're going to have. I would bring – I brought one book, but, like, you don't want to bring too many because then it's heavy, and then you have to carry everything that you bring. Yeah. yeah. So, like, maybe, like, an e-reader, you can fit thousands and thousands of books on that little piece of electronics. Yeah, you're right. On my long trip, I just brought – I only brought, like, three books or four books, and the one was Brothers Karamazov, which is, like, 800 pages. So that did take up some time for sure. But I don't. I wish I read on an e-reader. Like I wish I liked Kindles. But like it's not the same reading from a screen as reading. It's not, but it's simple. Like you can even, 
like even if you don't want to like, you can read off your phone you said did you read um the, um, the house the mango street one did you read that on the pdf yeah i read it on my laptop which like a laptop that's how is that any different you're right you're right okay so i think the reason that it bothers me reading off the phone is when i was in middle school i was like obsessed with this app called wap don't say wap <laughs> i read all stupid like vampire stories and dystopia i knew where you were going with ridiculousness, that <laughs> nonsense a waste of time but I spent hours reading this garbage on Wattpad on my phone. And so if I read a book on my phone, even if it's like, like I could be reading like Albert freaking Camus, but it just takes me back to reading on Wattpad. And I'm <laughs> not like, I'm not really reading. Like, it's not the same. <laughs> but it, it, that still classifies as reading because some of it actually got published. Right. But it hits different. It's, but it's. It, I do rem- I do remember those middle school days uh, reading. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. Um, and but, yeah. What else I... did you bring, Ariana, on a trip? Mm, I For me, packing squares, but this is not something I'd carry everywhere. It's something I put in my suitcase, and they're the, they're, they are these, like, little... Um, cubes that you can buy from like anywhere Meyer, like TJ Maxx Amazon and they come in different sizes and you can fit like your clothes shoes and they just save space because they make everything so compact in um in your carry-on like I brought like I went on a trip and it was I fit like two weeks worth of clothing in a carry-on and it was because I had those packing squares and it's it's just they're very affordable but at the same time they save space and so you can bring souvenirs back and not have to pay extra to bring luggage mm. yeah that and is it really just nice. keeps it organized yeah that is helpful for sure you definitely don't want to have too much stuff because overweight fees are the worst <laughs> and it, yes but then at the same time you have to carry it. like i when I went on spring break, like, to D.C., I realized, wow, a carry-on is so great. Because, like, they're like, oh, do you want to check this for free? Like, no. Because then you have to, like, worry about, oh, so I could lose my luggage and, like, yeah. all this extra stuff. But. Yeah. That's so true. It's just. If you're traveling by yourself, like, it's just easier just to do the single bag and go. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did for when I left for, um, like, four months. Because I didn't, like. People always made fun of me because I had packed so little for a long period of time, but I really didn't want to lose my luggage, and I had a lot of different flights, so I just kept, like, a carry-on and a backpack. And honestly, like, people always pack way more than they need. And, like, I even had stuff I didn't use, and I packed, like, very, very little. But, yeah, like, so if you're going on a trip, always pack way less than you think you need, especially if, like, like you're not going to use that formal outfit. I promise. Like, if you think you need a dress and heels, most of the time you don't. Most of the time you can pull it off without it. Just wear something comfortable and cute. I have to ask you a question. You have been so many places. I want to know about your weirdest flight experience. Like, a story that happened on a flight. I want to know. Oh, okay. So, I have a sad story and I have a funny story. So I want the funny story, not the sad one. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just skip the sad one. 
Um, so the funny story, I was flying from Budapest to Madrid. It was a Ryanair flight, which alone is like a comic backdrop for anything because Ryanair flights are like if a tin can could take to the sky and that's pretty much it because the flights are like, like 30 bucks. Literally, they're so cheap and it's amazing for that. Reason. What? But also you take your life into your own hands. Like you get what you pay for. I have never been on a Ryanair flight <laughs> where you did not feel like you were being rattled and like. Like, the plane was going to crash. Like, that's how it feels every time you fly. But, I mean, I know the statistics. I know you're statistically safe, whatever. But it's still scary. And I was – and they're also, like, very, very strict about their luggage restrictions because it's so cheap. So, they'll fine you for, like, more than the cost of the ticket itself if they find that you have, like, an overweight luggage item or it doesn't fit in, like, the parameters. And so – they pulled me aside because my like this was towards the end of the trip this was like the last week I was abroad I was going home after this and so I had a lot of stuff in my suitcase because I'd bought like gifts for my family and things like that and so it was huge like it was packed and they made me pull the suitcase aside and they're like you're gonna either have to pay or get rid of stuff and I was like I don't know what I can get rid of like I really can't get rid of anything but this is gonna be like 50 euros and like I didn't have 50 euros at that point in the trip so like I don't know what I'm gonna do and so the one lady who said like you're gonna have to pay she walked away and I was almost in tears and the other lady says I think you're fine you can go so I had like there was a sheet and I had opened the suitcase at that point and I was like going through stuff so I zipped it tight I had the sheet in my hands and like a sweater in my hands and I just held it in my arms and I ran. And it was one of those situations where like there was a warehouse where they were like going through people and then the plane was outside. So you had to like run across the parking lot to the plane. So I just grabbed my stuff and I ran to the plane. Like that was, I ran through the parking lot. I didn't for <laughs> that lady to come back and I saw her pass me and she like looked at my bag and there was like this look of hatred, but I didn't stop. <laughs> She was in, like, the other line, so, like, she couldn't, like, stop me, you know? She was kind of, like, a couple rows away from me, but I just ran for my life, and then I made it, and I I just stuffed my stuff in the overhead compartment, and (laughs) thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I can just imagine you running. (laughs) It was so embarrassing. With your bag, you're like, bye. (laughs) I was, like, everything in my arms, and it was, it was a mess. (laughs) all that matters is that you got to bring your stuff and not get rid of anything yeah yeah I got to bring all my gifts home but but it was it was actually kind of aggravating because like the place where I stayed in Spain they said we had to bring our own towels and sheets and then they had towels and sheets for us which was very nice but I used all this space in my luggage packing sheets and I'm like I'm not gonna lose my mama's sheets in Europe because that's just mean I'm I'm a grown adult I can't just like leave my mom's stuff everywhere so I did it I packed it and brought it back to her but like I was so mad because that took up so much space in my suitcase and I probably wouldn't have been pulled aside if I didn't have to pack that but anyway <laughs> that was so funny, funny. Light stories I just <laughs> I this one's not even that funny it was just I remember it was this was a domestic flight I was going to New York and I remember this boy next to me legit was sick. He had, he, he was with like a soccer team or something. I don't know. And he was like, he looked ill. And 
he was talking to, he was talking to his like buddies and he's like yeah i just threw up like before we got on the flight <laughs> da, da, da. i'm like what like <laughs> i was in the middle seat too and i'm like if this boy throws up i will lose it <laughs> so then he started to look like he was gonna get sick i was like do you need like some advil or something and he's like no no i'm fine i'm fine and thankfully, he didn't throw up. But I just remember, like, you really got on a flight, and you looked like he had the flu. <laughs> and you have to sit next to him, and you're like, gee, thanks. <laughs> he looked horrible. Like, I was, like, the coach should have been like, hey, like, you need to sit this one out. Like, maybe not, maybe you shouldn't go on this trip. And he's like, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> he's like, he really said this out loud. Yeah, I just threw up. What? Like, and it wasn't like. Oh, like I'm nervous of being on planes. Like, no, he was sick. <laughs> oh, word. Oh my word. Oh, so. But uh, the other one is just I just remember like Bria taking selfies on on the on the flight. That was funny because like, I mean, she looked beautiful. She was put together. I looked like a crack addict, and she insisted <laughs> on taking a picture with me. And I'm like, you're so sweet, but also I look terrible. That she put it on Instagram. <laughs> my thing was I saw it's not even that it was a bad photo it was just because you were like when you described you're like I look like a crack addict and I was just like oh you can admit it it was a bad photo there's no denying like you can be it was not a bad photo you just look like you were tired after you were on it was a bad hour flight it's (laughs) but okay so moving on (laughs) to segment three um Ariana what is so we've ranked our best like most favorite countries with three different categories in mind. The first one is the most beautiful place that we've been. The second is the most historically significant place that we've been. Um, like according to us and like the personal meaning of the history, because obviously like, like we don't know the some history of every single place that we've been, but the places where we were most in, like impacted by the history. Um, and then the third was the most culturally interesting uh, slash like the warmest, most welcoming place that we've been Ariana for that first one was the most beautiful place you've been okay I picked two places so Santorini Greece and then the Masai Mara in Kenya are absolutely beautiful so Santorini the water is so clear and the food is so good and it's like the perfect weather it was sunny the entire time and all the buildings are white because it's so warm and it was just so beautiful it's it's even more breathtaking in real life than in the photos. Um, and the Masai Mara was beautiful because um, the animals and like the Masai Mara is just so huge. Like it just feels like it's never ending and you like, it's a game park and you see all the animals. Um, like I saw some hippos, rhinos, uh, giraffes, zebras, lions, cheetahs. It was it was amazing and it's just it was so beautiful you just felt like one with nature and you didn't want to leave and outside of the park um they had we stayed in tents uh right outside of the Masai Mara and it was so much fun. I'm. This reminds me of the story you said with the lizard. When we first got in our tent, I went to go throw something away in the trash can, and there was a lizard in our trash, and I started screaming. So my grandma had to go throw <laughs> BB, you made BB go get the lizard. Yes. I, like, if you know me, if you know me, like, I do not 
like bugs or like any little crawlers like no like spy no no it's no okay. no no my grandma's tougher than me too Phoebe's <laughs> <laughs> tough like uh no and it was it was so beautiful yeah but those are the two those are the even though everywhere I went was beautiful I think those are the two most beautiful spots what about you good choices so the most beautiful place I've been in probably if I had to pick a favorite place on earth, it would be this place is Ein Gedi. It's a national park in Israel on the Dead Sea. And it was amazing and astounding. And I, like, I think not only is, is the place objectively beautiful. And I think if anybody went there in any situation, they would completely fall in love with it. But the fact that it was my last day in Israel and I was there by myself and I was able to like hike and just really take in the beauty and, um, just be totally absorbed like you know how when you're with somebody like half of your brain at least is always in conversation with them or aware of them or keeping track of them even if you're completely quiet like when you're by yourself you don't have that sort of like social responsibility and Mm -hmm. it's it's so easy to just get lost in the beauty of nature and so that was what I was able to do and I hiked up into this like it's like a canyon slash cave and the hike winds through the canyons And in between, like, all of these canyons are these little freshwater pools that are in crevices in the rock. And the water is just so pure and cool and beautiful. And so I would stop and swim because I was wearing my bathing suit under my T-shirt and shorts. And so whenever I Mm -hmm. swim, I would just stop and, like, go for a dip. And it was so, so fun. And it's also the place where um, a lot of scholars, like Jewish, Muslim, and Christian scholars, think that king david uh a specific story in the bible when king david found king saul and Mm -hmm. cut off a scrap of his robe to show him that he could have killed him but he didn't and he showed mercy and it was an attempt for him to make peace with king saul um that's and and king david was in exile during the time king saul had sent him into exile so he was there with his group of mighty men and he found king saul and in the bible it's kind of unclear but a lot of people think he was pooping and king david snuck on him and cut off a piece of his robe and then i'm not kidding this is yeah this is what a lot of people think and then he showed him the piece of his robe and he said like i respect you because god made you king even though you're trying to kill me and then um king saul like praised him for being a virtuous man but they think that happened in ein gedi and it's this beautiful cave where a lot of people think that it happened there's like this waterfall outside and it's just gorgeous. So I was telling my parents later, like, I hope God sends me into exile if that's what he's thinking, because this place was amazing. Where it was in paradise. Yeah, or King David was hiding out. It was awesome. But yeah, I would I would love to go back. That sounds amazing, Kaylee. So my thing is, were you when you said you were like by yourself and you were by yourself with your thoughts and all that stuff, like how were you not nervous about being by yourself, like in a place that you were not like familiar with like you know what I mean yeah I mean I don't know it's like it was scary at first so when I first got to Israel and and I and I didn't have phone service yet or anything like that first day was terrifying because my um my boss at the hostel gave me very very specific instructions I had to take a train and two different buses and I had to cross the country the first day I was there and I didn't have phone service um most of the people that I didn't come into con that I came into contact with didn't speak English but everyone was super helpful like there were a couple people who um 
like they saw me lost and they started shouting English, English, English. And someone came over and helped me figure out where I was going. And that's so nice. Yeah. Cause that's just the culture in, well, okay. So I will say this, um, Americans and Europeans are incredibly safe in Israel. Like if, if you're Arabic, it's not safe for you. Cause I keep saying like Israel's so safe, but it's safe for, you know, specific groups of people. And especially if you're white, you have nothing to be afraid of. But like, I have a friend from London who's half Indian and she experienced a couple of situations where like people thought she was Arabic. And so they treated her poorly, but that like is, that's pretty rare for the most part, the culture is really warm and people are very helpful, but yeah, you, you get used to it after a while, like being by yourself. And it's, it's more fun, I think, because you get to absorb things and like be alone with your thoughts about them and not have them filtered through like a tour guide or through what your friends are saying about the place. Like it really mm-hmm. irritated me sometimes in Spain because I would be on a tour with all these Americans of this beautiful Spanish cathedral and they would be complaining about it. And they're like, I want to go start drinking. And it was like 1 p.m. And you're like, are you kidding like, you're standing in the middle of all this beautiful art. Oh, my god! Even if you're not religious and you're complaining about it. But anyway. But, yeah, that's that's why I like traveling alone. There's pros and cons to both, for sure. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I commend you for traveling by yourself. You are an inspiration to us all. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, a lot of people have done it in, in, like, a lot more unsafe situations. But, I mean, yeah. Like, there's just there's a lot of good people in the world that helped me and, I, and I'm really grateful for them and um, I don't know honestly traveling really really affirms my faith in a lot of ways because like I mean when you just put your faith in God to take care of you and to show you like beautiful things like it happens I don't know like mm-hmm. it, it happens and you meet good people who teach you things and like I don't know I just you got to believe God is good I believe that. That kind of reminds me. This was reminds me of this story. I was with my grandma, and we were in Philly, and we were supposed to get we were supposed to take the train to DC, but we realized we were a lot farther away from the train than we thought we were, and we're like, "Oh my gosh! Like, what are we gonna do? Like, how are we gonna get to DC?" And my grandma ran into. uh, We were there at a conference, and one of her friends was like, "Oh, I'm actually going that way," and. So we rode, we rode with her to DC and my grandma's like, yeah, you just got to trust you. You just got to trust that you'll find your way. And I'm just like, how are you so relaxed? (laughs) I, I was just like, I learned a lot from PB that day. I was like, I guess like, like you just said, just trust that God will get you to your destination and that he will keep you safe. Yeah. It, yeah. Cause I think. Like, justifiably, people tell you to fear fear the world. And, you know, there's a lot of scary things in the world. Like, you should definitely be on guard no matter what. But, like, I think, you know, you can, I don't know, you can get in just as much trouble in the United States, like, being in bad situations as you can anywhere. So if you make smart decisions and you don't, honestly, if you're inside by 10 p.m., you miss, like, 80% of the crazy that happens, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. so like if you don't put yourself and if you actively try to not put yourself in bad situations you're already saving yourself a lot of trouble and yeah I don't know yeah. okay so our next category on this Ariana 
is what is your favorite like historically significant place that you've been and why is it important to you um i feel like for me the most historical um historically significant place that i've been is um cape coast castle in ghana and we went there on our study abroad and we learned about the brutal history of the atlantic slave trade um in depth and like we had remember sebastian our tour guide yes of course he was he i feel like he made that tour so much better because like sometimes you'll you can go on tours and it's like yeah it's a tour but like his like you just felt like you were there and like being at the door of no return and just like him describing like your ancestors there and I just it for it I was just very quiet on that section of the trip and for me I got to reflect and another thing is my grandmother had gone to um Ghana before um like a a long time ago and she had actually stayed in the Elamina slave castle and um it was just like hearing her stories before going like just made like in hearing the history beforehand made me appreciate it so much more and like doing research before you you're actually getting there I feel like makes you appreciate it a whole lot more and specifically because of um and my ancestry but that would I for me that would be my most um historically significant one and um mm. also seeing the door of like ha- like do you remember when Sebastian let, let us come back through the door what okay. was the technical did name? you just hmm? that a little bit for our listeners what the door of no return was okay so the door of no return is the last door that um um, uh, African slaves would leave through before they left um, Ghana and um, you would go through that door and never see your family again Um, and it's it's how would you describe it Um, so like once the slaves went through that door if I'm remembering what Sebastian said correctly um, they boarded the ship so the Mm -hmm. last because inside the castle are the dungeons and the places where they kept the slaves, like, and underground. Yeah, like, and they kept them separated too, like a male, uh, male and females, very separate. So like, they would make sure that you weren't with like people you were comfortable with, and everyone was just in such close contact that they were just taken away so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they would keep everybody like an egregious amount of people in like a very small cramped quarters. And then once they went through the door, they were boarding a ship. So, like, they never really set foot in Ghana again because once they went through the specific door, they were boarding the slave ship and going across the ocean. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think what he said is, like, if you are in, if you have an ancestor of African descent and you come back through the door of no return, back through the castle and then back into the country you are like the fulfillment of your ancestors dreams that you're able to do that. And I think that um, one quote that I, uh, you are your ancestors wildest dreams that stuck with me and like just seeing how far like black people have um, come and like in the United States specifically um, just gives me hope. Um, And like going back also gave me hope like you can find hope in even like very dark times Hmm. yeah yeah that was 
that was a really powerful thing for sure. Um, and, and one of them, like one of the crazy powerful things too, was that they had uh, like the, the slave owners and the slave traders, they had a church on top of the prison and it was owned by like different denominations throughout its history. So there was like a Catholic church that owned it. There was a Protestant church that owned it. Um, there's an Orthodox church that owned it and they would, they built it in such a way that the slaves in the dungeon underneath it could hear the, like the um, hymns and the sermon being taught, even though they were living in these like terrible conditions where there was virtually no light. They were living in each other's like feces and pee and, and like they were just all cramped together in this terrible dark place. And then they were, <laughs> and, but then they had like, Christian hymns being sung above them and it it's just so terrible and like if you think about Jesus as a Middle Eastern homeless man who cared about the poor and cared about the oppressed and and then for people to so totally warp that message and use it as a means of keeping people oppressed is just like really sickening and made me want to throw up but yeah yeah like you get like when I was there I had this sinking feeling in my stomach like I don't know if you had it either but like I was just sitting there I'm just like wow like so much has happened here and like even like I don't know I just felt like a I don't want to say a spirit but like I felt like like a set like a wave of like sadness while in that area because so many bad things had happened I don't know if you felt that way but that's how I felt yeah and yeah, for sure. It felt like a weight. Like it, it felt like. Thank you. That's better. Not a spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too, you know, like, I mean, if that, if it felt like a spirit, but it, it felt like, what do you do with this information? You know, like it, I mean, my initial response was like, I'm, I'm incapable. Like my mind is insufficient of even grasping this, you know, like you don't know how to register it and, and make it compatible with your mind you know it's just overwhelming mm-hmm. but yeah yeah what about you like what is your uh what is most historically significant place for you um that you've been so that place was obviously very um significant for me for the reasons that you described as well uh but then also jerusalem was like just incredibly interesting for me I went through an underground tunnel that went underneath the entire length of the city that King Hezekiah from the Old Testament of the Bible had built. And it was completely dark and there was water up to my knees. And if I extended my arms, it was probably the width of like my elbows, like my elbow to the other elbow. I couldn't extend my arms completely. And I had my phone flashlight and that was the only light. And I wasn't going to go through it because I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's water up to my knees. There's no light. This is going to be a 40-minute walk. And sometimes, like, the ceiling dipped, too, so it was kind of claustrophobic. Like, I wouldn't have gone except these two uh, Dutch people came, and they went in front of me. And I'm like, okay, if there's another person, at least I know, like, if I fall, someone's going to know, right? So I went, and I kind of trailed behind them. But it was insane. It was, like, the craziest thing I've ever done. Probably the scariest because there were times, like, there were potholes in the stone, like, that I was walking on. But I mm-hmm. them because it was dark and, like, there was water. So I just took my shoes off and carried them. And I had to feel around with my feet before I stepped down to make sure I didn't trip in a pothole. 
Um, so yeah, that was crazy. And then I went to a couple different important places like the Via Dolorosa and I saw like this huge old uh, archaeological site from like the Babylonian era. And I went to a couple different holy sites and it was, it was really, really fun. And yeah, it was fun. That sounds amazing. And I think it made, like, I think I would want to do it if I was with another person like you said you were hesitant before yeah because like I don't I, I wasn't I was just scared that like what if I tripped and died and I'm I'm glad I didn't do that by myself because like that really was scary at different points like I'm not claustrophobic but I was underground in the dark with water up to my face that sounds very intense <laughs> there were certain points of like why the heck did I do this to myself but it was fun. I, I'm really glad I did it. But, yeah. Um, and then the Wailing Wall was really cool. The Western Wall. Just to see everybody praying. And, um, yeah. Yeah, the Old City's cool. I think everybody should go to Jerusalem. Whether you're religious or not. Because it's it's just so unlike any other place. It sounds breathtaking. Alright, so... Ariana, what is the most culturally interesting slash, like, warm and welcoming place that you've been? Okay, so for me, like, hands down, this has to be, like, the entire country of Kenya because, like, I, when I had gone, I went for, like, specific reason, and I had gone with my grandmother and my sister and um, my grandma's friend and her daughter, and it was, we had gone because my grandma um had connections with one of the the rift valley uh institute of technology had um she had connections with them and they had named the library after her and so she was taking us to go see it and also see her friends who she'd meet who she had met through previous um she i think she's been to kenya about three or four times and through that, I feel like that's one thing that made me feel at home is that the connection she had made from previous trips, like they were very welcoming. Like when we first like left the airport, I was, people were giving me hugs and like taking us like around the city, like trying new foods. And the other thing is like they, we, um, sometimes we went to their homes and it just, I just felt so safe and so at home. Like I didn't like, you know how sometimes like you feel uncomfortable. Like I didn't feel that at all in Kenya and everyone is just so friendly and kind. Um, And the other thing is like when you're there with like people who are Kenyans, like they're able to tell you like the ins and outs and you get to see like really cool things that are not just like touristy things. And I think that's what made that trip like extra special and like, seeing um my the library that they named after my grandmother that that just shows I like and the other thing is like it's a library so like she has a passion for reading and so do I and it's just so amazing to see like all of her hard work that they named a library after her and she is actually tomorrow she's turning 85 and I just think she has done so much like throughout her life and she is an amazing woman. I think just seeing, like, taking a picture in front of that library with her name, like, it's just a name. Like, it's just, 
I'm like losing words because I, lo- I just love that lady. Yeah. I love her so much that that like her her passion for having for people having access to education and the importance of uh, reading, writing, technology. It, it, that other people got to see that passion besides myself. It showed that they that's the reason why they named the library after her. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And that's in Nakuru, Kenya. But, yeah. That is that one. And we did some crazy things. Like that <laughs> in the Maasai Mara was so fun. And we got to stand on the equator. And wow. Yeah. It was great. You and Bibi have so many adventures together. Yeah. When she was 79, we went ziplining together through Hawaii. <laughs> Bibi went ziplining when she was 79? Yes. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> yes. I have a picture to prove it. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's so She is awesome. She said she was doing it so she could tell her friends she did it. <laughs> That's cool. She... Our grandmas are so tough. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get tough when we get older. Yeah. I, I hope so. I'm going to be tougher at 79 than I am now at 21. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, though. Um, yeah. All right. So, what, was, what would yours be? Oh, yeah. I was going to. Yeah, I almost skipped that. So probably okay. I've talked about this a lot, but Israel and Palestine, um, people were so incredibly warm and welcoming to travelers. And especially like you saw this in the fact that people took up hitchhikers all the time. And it was just like a normal way of uh, like traveling across the country because sometimes the buses wouldn't run especially since on Shabbat in Israel, buses don't run. So from between like uh, mid-afternoon on Friday through mid-afternoon on Saturday, I think. Yeah, mid-afternoon on Friday through mid-afternoon on Saturday, buses don't run in um, uh, in like reverence for the holy days for Judaism. Mm-hmm. So like during that time, like you can only get across the country if you hitchhike. And you could rent a car, but like it's not – like that's not as common for travelers because it's expensive. So, but people are will take up hitchhikers all the time, and it's really safe. I never had a bad experience. Um, one of my friends had someone pick her up, and he like handed her a joint, and they were smoking pot the entire ride. And I'm like, that would kind of scare me, but like, oh uh, no! <laughs> God was watching out for me because it was always like people around my parents' age who would pick me up, and they would always say like. I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for your parents. God bless them. <laughs> I'm like helping keep you safe. So I, I I'm like, oh, thanks. Parents watch out for other people's children. I think that's great that they're like, I'm doing this for your parents. I think that is so funny. It was. It was. And the one guy, when he dropped me off at the hostel, he said, okay, do this for me. Get married and then have a baby. My daughter just had a baby with her boyfriend. Don't be like this. I'm like, all right. What? That's I'm for you. screaming. <laughs> I'm not planning on having a baby anytime soon, so I'm I'm honoring that guy's wish. <laughs> <laughs> just for him. Just for him. <laughs> I just I remember this one time. You <laughs> you you were uh, FaceTiming me on um WhatsApp, and I remember we were you were on the bus going somewhere. And I just remember you're like, I don't know where I'm at. Like, did I miss my stop? You're like, oh, I missed my stop. And I'm like, why are you talking to me? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's when I was going to Ein Gedi. 
And yeah, I found myself like at a military base by accident instead of the park. So I had to hitchhike back, but it was was okay. It was all good. (laughs) 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 But yeah, it was fine. People are really nice. Oh, there's another time I was in Kena and I was waiting for my bus and I was just standing there. And this guy called me over and he gave me this dessert for no reason. And we were just talking and he's like, you're from America? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I've always wanted to go to America. I'm like, it's overrated. Israel's better. And he's like, oh, okay. So, and then he gave me dessert and it was awesome. It was like fried cheese wrapped in sugar. And I can't remember the name for it. That sounds good. Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) But people are just nice like that. Like, if you're just walking down the street, sometimes people will just offer you coffee. Like Arabic coffee. Really? Strong. And it comes in this Dixie cup. And you're like, oh, this isn't that much. But then you drink it and you're like, nope, it goes a long way because it's so caffeinated. It like, like you start sweating after you drink it. That's how caffeinated it is. But (laughs) (laughs) it's great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. People are so nice just in general. And um, and like like in Europe, like people get kind of irritated when they find out that you're American and even like. I knew some Spanish, so I'd try to talk to people in Spanish. They would roll their eyes at me. In Russia, I would try to talk to people in Russian, and they would roll their eyes at me because my pronunciation was probably terrible. And um, but like in Israel, like I knew like zero Hebrew or Arabic, but people would were way more like warm, and they would be like trying to communicate with me, and they didn't seem like irritated at all. So mm-hmm. you definitely felt like you were wanted more in Israel <laughs> than in France or Russia. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. Now, I really want to go. Yeah, yeah, we should go together. I There were a couple places I missed. I really want to go back and see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Didn't have to convince me. <laughs> All right, so in conclusion, um, Ariana, what is the place that you would like to visit next? I would really love to go to Thailand or Ethiopia. I... You know, I want to go everywhere, but like I just narrowed it down to two. Like I would, I just want to go everywhere. So those are the top two places that I would love to go, and I really want to go back to Kenya. Mm. I just loved it so much. Yeah, those are good choices. I've heard Thailand's amazing. Well, I haven't been, so we can go together. Do it. Um, Where do you want to go, Kaylee? So the next place that I think I'm gonna go if I can, when this quarantine is lifted, God willing, and there's a vaccine, God willing, um, is Guatemala because one of my really good friends, Cece, is from there. So I want to visit her. And she was talking, she hasn't visited um, Tiktal. That's not the name of it, but it's like a Mayan ruin in Guatemala. And she actually hasn't been there yet either because it's like on the other side of the country from Mm -hmm. home city. So I was going to visit in April but then obviously the virus hit and everything was quarantined and we were going to go together. So whenever we go, we're going to go visit there and just see the country. And her family makes their own chocolate. And she sent some to me for my birthday a couple years ago. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. It was so good. So I'm really excited to go there and, and eat some of her family's chocolate. And yeah. That sounds so good. Mm. Next place on the list. And then other than that, I want to go to South Korea because I saw the movie Parasite. And I know that's a really lame reason. But, like, after I watched that movie, I just started reading about, like, the history of South Korea more. And I was surprised, slash not surprised, to learn that it was another country that the U.S. 
uprooted with a coup and tried to start a new government for the people and horrendously failed. And, and so South Korea has rebuilt itself since the 1950s and 60s when the U.S. was trying to uproot countries that they perceived as communist all over the world. But um, yeah, I really want to go visit there. Wow. The, you know, actually, um, you could teach in South Korea. Like I, like, I know plenty of people who have taught. That's actually my plan, yeah, is after, um, we haven't talked about this before, <laughs> is after um, my year in Chicago, I'm going to get my TFL, my TEFL certification, and then go teach in Asia for a couple years, I'm thinking. I'll just have to come visit. Yeah, <laughs> Thailand, for sure. You, I wish you, I wish you'd be my teacher. Like, there's so much, like, can you imagine having Kaylee as your teacher? Um, the coolest teacher ever. You're so kind. But you already know English, so. <laughs> I know a couple people here who could improve. Um, I think everyone could use a little improvement. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Everybody could read a little more, improve their language skills. Exactly. <laughs> Did you want to end this episode with your quote? Yeah, for sure. So the one I picked is from one of my favorite books of all time, Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. And he says it, so in the context of the book, it's ironic because it's the religion that he started called Bokanan. And so it's not supposed to be taken seriously. But if you look at it isolated, like away from the context of his severe, sardonic, dark humor, and you just read this sentence, I think it's really inspiring. Um, but it goes like this. Peculiar, peculiar travel suggestions are dancing lessons from God. And I really like that. <laughs> That's good. I, I thought the other one was your favorite Kurt Vonnegut book. Um, what's it called? Dead I- the one you let me borrow. Oh, Slaughterhouse-Five. Yeah, Cat's Cradle is one of my favorites. It's not my favorite. of. I think Dead Eye Dick might be my favorite. With Slaughterhouse-Five is a close second. But Breakfast of Champions is really good, too. I Yeah, I'm so conflicted on this. But Slaughterhouse-Five is amazing. Can't wait to read that. It's still on my to-be-read list. It's still there. <laughs> you Where? think I'm weird. Because, like, it is kind of an acquired taste. Like, sometimes I've I let people borrow I don't think like, oh, it's weird. <laughs> I don't think it's weird. I just think we have very different reading tastes. That's true. I like like we- I like I loved Parable of the Sower. That was a good choice, but but I feel like you read a lot more. Like I, you read a lot more classics than than I do. Like you're very very familiar with them, but like sometimes I find them daunting, and I just like I'll read a little bit and I'll just close it. I'm like, eh, I'll pick up something else, like a dystopian novel or like some murder mystery or like nonfiction about like social justice. Like yeah, you know. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of those. You know, like, I think you can learn something from every book, even if it's, even if it's like a Robert Patterson or something. I think you can learn something from anything. I think that's very true. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but even like those horse girl books, do you remember those at the Scholastic Book Fairs? Like they have. I horse- never read those. <laughs> I never read those. You know what? I saw this tweet and it was like. Shakespeare never heard anything like this and it was like a picture of like the click series oh, by Lucy Harrison <laughs> I 
I seventh grade me is screaming. I love that me series. Too. And I snuck like my parents wouldn't let me read them, so I snuck that. <laughs> I just I like <laughs> I have every single book from that series. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which in hindsight that series very problematic but that's for another episode <laughs> i all i can say is i learned a lot about fashion from that, yeah, same. From that I about a lot of brands i would never be able to afford <laughs> <laughs> okay well do you want to end the episode here yeah yeah this is a good episode i this was fun <laughs> And I, we should have an episode with both our grandmas on here. Oh my word! Called two tough ladies. Yes, 